All right, hey guys, and welcome to the podcast. Today, my brother Kent, appreciate you, uh, appreciate you doing this, man. Yeah, no, my pleasure, brother. It's a, it's a thing. Give me a little introduction, man, for the for people out there. Ah, I mean, I've been uh, an entrepreneur for basically 30 years now. Started um, <clears throat> when I was 17. Went out and uh, started a business with my father, which is an arbitrage business where we're buying and flipping truckloads of groceries. And so something nobody knew that you could do at the time. And we were basically buying, uh, you know, any item you would see in a grocery store, we'd buy it in one market at a discount. We would turn around and go flip it to another retailer or wholesaler in another market. Mm. And so this little thing we started when I was 17, by the time I was 23, we we're doing $50 million a year. And by the time I was 30, I was running a, uh, almost $2 billion a year company. Um, mm. And we'd gone through acquisitions and what have you. But from there, I uh, ultimately ended up getting uh, run out of that company, which was very um, disruptive and humiliating and all that kind of good stuff and proceeded to lose everything I'd ever worked for, for, the, for over the course of two years, which led me into real estate. Uh, and so back in um, mm. March of two, or January of 2003, I flipped my first uh, property in real estate. And since then now I've flipped over 6,000 properties and have helped over 60,000 people get involved in it as well through teaching them what we do, providing all the automation, all the systems, all the lead generation, basically all the training, everything they need. So that's kind of been my journey for the last, you know, 17 years is showing people how kind of exactly what I've done, basically, uh, how to take something that was kind of a hustle and turn it into a really, really big business and create a lot of freedom in the process. Mm. Yeah, I like it for sure. What's um, why not just the, the the normal route? Like, what what drove you to uh, to taking that 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 path? Well, I've always uh, I was raised in an entrepreneurial family, so this is the normal route for me, right? So, uh, I was never raised in a place where I was ever led to believe I needed to go to work for anybody else, mm. uh, which I think is a huge gift. That quite frankly, anybody that is an entrepreneur, they have the ability to give that gift to their kids as well. So I was never raised in a place where I was ever taught that uh, going to going to college and and learning how to go and work for somebody else and make them rich and plan on somebody helping me from retirement. I mean, that was just never anything that I was ever that was even in our our vocabulary as part of any of the discussions. So it was always uh, that you know you need to go out and stake your claim, do what you can do, go build your own thing, take all the risk and, and reap all the rewards. And so mm. it came very, very naturally to me. Now, as I've gotten older, I realize that most don't, most are not raised that way. Right. And so, um, I think that what comes easier for me from a men, from a mental standpoint, is a challenge for a lot of other people. And I certainly appreciate that, but I definitely mm. think that once you uh, understand that, uh, that's where real freedom is, right? That's what success really is. You know, the money's cool, but the reality of it is, it's what you, you, you don't want the money, you want what the money gives you, which is freedom. And uh, mm. I just couldn't imagine not having that freedom. It's that simple. Right. What's the, the, the upbringing you think you, you, you talk about? Like, what's, what's the thing you got different from, from other people in that, in that aspect that you, that you got into the entrepreneurship thing, not just the work for other people? What's, what's your, something your parents taught you? Um, something my parents taught me. About? I, I would tell you that, that um, you know, it sounds kind of cliche to say, but quite literally, um, I'm willing not only to 
couple things. One, I, I like being the dumbest guy in the room because it means that, I, that I'm going to uh, elevate my game by, by continuing to put myself in rooms where people are a lot smarter than me, including the people that I hire and put around me, right? I run a big, big, comp- big lots of big companies at this point. So a lot of people around me are, are um, very, very smart, and, and I'm not afraid to humble myself and make sure I'm surrounded by really smart people. Equally, um, it, again, the cliche part is that you know, you get what you get, what uh, you put out there. I think work ethic, there's a lot to be said for work ethic, right? A lot of people confuse themselves and believe they're working really hard. Uh, the reality of it is they're not even scratching the surface. I think when you look at really, really successful people, they have figured out whether that is through their own efforts or whether that is through leverage and people and processes and automation, they have figured out how to get a great deal done in a very, very intentional way methodical way they, they figured out how to basically collapse time get get the result faster and do it at scale and i think that's uh when people you know people people uh commonly confuse uh the hustle with being an entrepreneur right right so just because you can go out there and make a hundred grand a year a couple hundred grand a year uh that doesn't make you an entrepreneur. It makes you a, a really good hustler. And it makes you. It means you'll never be broke, which def, you deserve congratulations for, right? Absolutely. But there's a big difference between doing that and actually building a business, where regardless of whether you show up one day or the not, um, you're going to get paid. And so that's. Those are probably a few things that I would say that that are key lessons to learn along the way. Mm. What's a uh... How do you go from, from hustler to entrepreneur? What's the, what's the gap? What's the, what's the gap? The gap between hustler and entrepreneur. What, what do you well, call? I mean, it's real simple. Basically, if you want to know whether or not you're a hustler or an entrepreneur, um, just leave. You know, walk away. Go on vacation for two months. And if you come back and there's more money in your bank account than when you left, then you probably own something like a business. Right. If you leave and you come back and the bank account's been depleted, money hasn't kept going, then you don't own a business. You own a job, baby. And uh, that's, a, that's a clear red flag that, you know, you need to, you got, you've got work to do. Um, and by that work, it means you've got to put in leverage, people, uh, processes, potentially automation, but you've got to figure out how to remove yourself from the process as often as you can. What are the activities that you're doing that, that are, the company is so dependent on that it literally can't produce money without you. I mean, as long as you're stuck in that hamster wheel, then you're stuck. You are. You have got to work hard to uh, pull yourself out of that, right? And a lot of people get trapped and and don't, you know, don't want to go and hire people, don't want to use leverage, don't want to put processes in place. They kind of just, like I said, they're hustling. They're running up and down the street. They they know how to make money, which is a great gift and a great talent, by the way. And I don't want to I don't want to diminish that in any way. Um, you know, the vast majority of the population don't even know how to do that. So you deserve a lot of credit for it. But with that said, that is not being an entrepreneur. That is not owning a business, right? A business is when you don't have to show up and you still get paid. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the gap that has to be bridged. I like that for sure. Let's, um, let's talk the whole real estate thing. Like you, you, you got out of the first business that you, you told me about What's this first step you took in, in mastering that? What did you study? What's the, what's the whole? Well, I went to a, um, I went to an event and I had no idea what, what wholesaling was. Right. Mm-hmm. And what people don't realize is that you can actually 
control a property is probably the best way to say it without actually buying the property. And so the easiest way I could describe that is that if, you know, I'll put it, I'll use an analogy that if, that if, um, if I went down the street here and I purchased a lottery ticket at the convenience store and suddenly they announced the numbers and I'm the winner. Yeah. Um, well that ticket that I have, right. Has value, mm. right. I don't have the million dollars in my pocket yet, but the ticket is worth a million dollars. Right. And so this is the asset, not the actual million dollars for a, for a period of time. This is, is what is really valuable is the fact that I have the right to go get the million dollars. And so wholesaling is exactly the same way. What wholesaling is, is that, and again, I did not know this, you know, 20 years ago that this even existed, but the moment you can go and put a property under contract at a discounted price. So keep in mind that, you know, crisis happens every single day. People go, are going through divorce, bankruptcy. Unfortunately, people pass away and, and they leave property that gets inherited. They have unwanted, you know, unforeseen medical bills. There's a number of different crisis that happened in one's life, regardless, up market, down market, just happens every day. And when that happens, people need to sell their house and they need to sell it, they need to sell it quickly. And in a lot of cases, they will sell it at a tremendous discount because of speed, because they don't, they're trying to get it done quickly. And so being able to go and put a property under contract at a discount, you know, $300,000 house that you can get under contract for 200 grand. Well, the moment somebody tells me they'll sell me the house for 200 grand and they sign on the dotted line, and there's 30 days before the, the transaction actually has to happen. This contract that says I can buy it for $200,000 is valuable, right. right? This is the asset right now. And what happens is you can go out quickly and there are buyers in every single market, cash buyers or other buyers that will quite literally step right in and purchase the right to this ticket. They will come in and say, you got it. You got it for two hundred thousand dollars. I will give you ten thousand dollars for that contract right now. Mm. It's worth three hundred. You got it under contract for two hundred. I'll give you ten. So what happens is, is you sign a piece of paper, basically turning over your rights to this contract to them, and they show up at the attorney's office or at the title company with two hundred and ten thousand dollars. Two hundred goes for the contract. The ten thousand goes in your bank account. So I just did an entire real estate transaction without spending any money, without investing hardly any time. Uh, I never had to close on it. I don't need a license to do it, but I just made 10 grand for an hour's worth of work. And that literally happens millions of times uh, every year all over the country. I mean, every day it's happened. And so it's a phenomenon that, that most people have no idea. But when you hear people talking about, hey, you can buy houses with no cash, no credit, no experience, that's what they're talking about. That's what they're talking about. Get it under contract, flip the contract to somebody very quickly. And now it's easier than it's ever been, right? When I got started in this, there was no way to put all these pieces together. Uh, but so, so we started doing that, right? We created the, the databases. We created the companies. We created the software that does all this. And that's, you know, that's ultimately what we've sold now, like, as I said, to 60,000 people over the last few years. And basically, here's all the buyers in your market that want to buy it. Here's all the sellers that want to sell. Get in between. And it's a real business all day long, brother. Mm, 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 mm. I like it. Yeah, that's interesting. What's, um, how do you see this whole current situation as an opportunity for that? It makes it easier or how do you see it going? Oh, it's infinitely easier. Infinitely easier, right? This will be the greatest opportunity that most will ever see in their lifetime. 
for a lot of different reasons. But number one, the real estate market for the last 10 years has been white hot, right? Coming out of the recession, it just took off. And as it took off, I mean, prices continue to go up. Uh, it continues to um, escalate. And so a lot of buyers, investors, if you will, have sat on the sidelines because they're not willing to buy at the top of the market, right? So they, they've basically been sitting on all of their cash. Um, and that goes from the guys, you know, the institutions that buy hundreds of thousands of houses all the way down to the, you know, the doctor or the attorney or the business owner that has millions of dollars, but they just have been sitting on it. And so now they clearly know that we are in a recession, right? Unemployment's taking off in real time. There's going to be a lot of opportunity to pick up real estate at a discount. They're getting, they're circling their wagons. They're getting all their cash ready and they're, they're, they're coming and they're going to come in a really, really, really big way, right? Lots of, lots of transactions, lots of people trying to buy and pay all cash. And then equally on the flip side of it, I mean, you don't have to look very hard to understand what's coming. Right. Um, you can't put 20 million people in unemployment and not anticipate that they're going to have to sell their house. They're going to have to get out from underneath their house. And when they have to sell and they have to sell quickly, um, now you now you recognize getting in between those transactions. These two really huge dynamic forces is where uh, a lot of money is going to be made, connecting those, you know, effectively being the matchmaker. Right. Uh, a ton of demand on one side, a ton of supply on the other side. And by the way, neither one of these two really know how to talk to each other. Um, there's no, there's no real systematic way for them to work together. So getting right in between that at the, on the ground level mm. where all the magic happens, baby. Teach me about it. Like the, you have people like in, in whatever situation getting rid of their houses, who are the buyers in those, in, in, in that situation, the people that buy the contracts from you. Who are they or where are they? Who are they? What type of They're every person of means out there, right? So I'll give you an example. There are um, doctors, attorneys, successful business people. Um, they are, they're kind of the lower tier, what we would call our, our tier one cash buyer. What that means is that they have a lot of money sitting in retirement accounts. They have a lot of money sitting, maybe liquidity sitting in other accounts and they uh, are getting killed in the stock market, the volatility, and so they are looking to yank that money and put that into real estate right now, right? So that's kind of your, what I would argue is kind of more your uneducated real estate investor. They know that real estate is a place they want to go. They know they want to build wealth there, um, but they don't do it as a profession in any way, shape, or form. They have the money they, and they have the desire. They don't really have a ton of knowledge, nor do they have any access to the deals. Um, and then you've got, you know, kind of your tier two, which is your more traditional real estate investment companies, companies like ours, right? That buy and sell hundreds and hundreds of houses every single year, right? We do 900 properties a year. We are somebody that this is our core business, right? We want to buy a lot of properties and, and we're buying those for investment purposes um, and, and continue to do that. And so, and then you've got your tier three and your tier three are really more like the institutional buyers, right? The big banks, the hedge funds. Uh, the iBuyers, people like Open Door, OfferPad, Zillow, Redfin, I mean, very, very large, huge uh, uh, institutional backed companies. I mean, these are, you know, that last tier three that we talked about, that did not even exist in the last recession, right? Those companies, none of that existed in the last recession. Basically, tier one and tier two was all you had. This tier three institutional type buyer that can buy thousands and thousands and thousands of properties in a year is, um, 
is a new phenomenon just in the last 10 years, but it is a very, very powerful force that, that uh, can really help drive a lot of business to the, to the right individuals. Hmm. Hmm. Now this is, this is something though, like interesting. What's uh... all right. So let's zero dollars in the bank right now. Where do I look? What's, what's the skill I need to develop? What's, what's, what's everything? What do I look like? Yeah, zero dollars in the bank and you're just purely trying to figure out a way to go out and and hustle real quick and generate a little bit of income right that's the question yeah no 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 this is when you do like the whole yeah so basically here here's the easiest way down down and dirty roll your sleeves up and this is how you get go get a deal done real quick in my world hmm. um right now you have people wholesalers uh, like what I just explained, that have no idea how to connect with cash buyers, right? They know how to get a deal. They don't know how to find the buyer. So this will take you about, you know, a few days at best. But basically you go into Craigslist right now in your city and go look up under the real estate section of Craigslist and go do a search for very specific search terms. And the search terms are uh, must sell for cash, cash only, cash offer. Um, those types of keywords in real estate are signaling that you have a wholesaler that needs to, needs to flip a property really quick. Right. You pick up the phone and you call them and you make sure that property is still available right now. Because if they knew how to market and they knew how to actually sell it, they wouldn't have it on Craigslist. Let's just be honest, right? And so they have one side of the deal, they don't have the other. Then you go over to uh, Home Depot or Lowe's or Ace Hardware or wherever you go and go pick up um, 10 of those corrugated plastic signs and go get a black marker and go get the stakes. And you, on the, on the um, sign, well, let's just say that your, your wholesaler wants to sell the house for $50,000 all cash. You go on and you go right on a sign, must sell all cash, three bedroom, two bath, and then put your phone number. And you go put those 10 signs at the major intersections where there are stoplights, where somebody can actually sit there and read the sign. Uh, go put those at major intersections within a mile of that property. Now, what is going to happen is you're gonna start getting some phone calls. And what you have clearly put on the sign is that it can only be sold for cash. You put on there, it's a three bedroom, two bath, and your phone number. Now, anybody that calls on that sign is one, in the, in the area around the property, and two, they know they have to pay all cash. You get on the phone, you talk to them, find out if indeed they've got the cash to close, go to the other side where your wholesaler's trying to sell the house, you joint venture with them, and you split the fee. That's how you go generate cash like that. Why is not everyone doing it? They, a lot are. Mm. A lot are. It is probably the, the easiest hustle for people to do right now, but most are just one, either too lazy uh, or two, um, they lack the information. It's that simple, right? They overcomplicate the process. It's, um, yeah, man. Mm, 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 I like it. What do I study? What do I study to take that to, to a bigger level? Like from, from that little hustle to... You studied me. Very simple, right? You go and find me online. I mean, we basically, like I said, we have uh, we have 11 courses where we teach people how to do everything in real estate investing. 
We have all the software that finds all the buyers and the sellers in any market in the United States for you. We have all the marketing done for you. You just follow my lead and you'll be as successful as you ever want to be. That simple, right? <laughs> no, I like that for sure. That's cool. Yeah, man. No, it's funny. What's, what, uh, yeah. Other like uh, skills, things, people skills, whatever. What, 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 do, what did like contribute? The, the biggest skill that you can develop is, is learning how to work with people, right? Yeah. Persuade persuasion and influence you know go get the book um influence by robert cialdini mm. um uh, go get the book um secrets of the millionaire mind by t harbecker um think and grow rich by napoleon hill those are three really impactful books i would also get the e-myth by michael gerber um those are books that, that can play a really really pivotal role in helping you to understand the skill sets that have to be developed the bottom line is this is a this is a um, people business, right? As in a lot of businesses are, you have to be able to read people. You have to be able to help people. You have to be able to, to talk and build rapport with people. And that's a skill that, that is easily learned, but it takes practice, right? You're never going to learn that by sitting behind a computer screen or reading a book. You actually have to do it. You got to get on the phone with people. You got to talk to them. You got to listen to them. You got to be creative. You got to think about what they're, you know, really saying to you when somebody's get when somebody's, um, pushing back and, and throwing objections up when it comes to price or whatever the situation is, mm. you have to understand that there's always, you know, multiple conversations going on. The one that they're verbalizing to you and the one that's going on in their head and, and really how to navigate that. And the only way of doing that is to just practice. One, you educate yourself and then two, you just start doing it. But once you really have that particular skill, how to build rapport with people, how to, how to correctly control a conversation, then the rest is history, right? Because right. then it's just a function of marketing. You know, then it's just a function of lead generation. And you've got buyers and you've got sellers. You've got a business. What's your lead gen right now? What's the biggest source? Say it again? Lead generation right now? What, what's your biggest source? What works? Uh, direct mail has always been our biggest source and will always be, most likely be our biggest source. Right. We, we accompany that direct mail with um, a lot of online stuff by retargeting people that we know are that are in current situations. But, but we live in a world where... Um, we have, you have the ability to be omnipresent. So they're getting a piece of mail from you. They see you on Facebook. They see you on uh, Google. They're getting a phone call from you. The idea from, from lead generation now, where it used to be very uh, one-dimensional, um, because of data, you have the ability to kind of surround your prospect in a, in a very real and methodical and intentional way. And I would tell you that that's, that's where the world is going, right? And so, yeah, direct mail, direct mail gets people excited about us. And then the moment they touch one of our websites or the moment we have their data, we're basically following them everywhere they are. Again, Facebook, Google, picking up the phone and giving them a call, sending them a text, um, you name it, we're, we're kind of around them. And so to them, we feel like the authority because we appear to be everywhere, but we're not everywhere. We're just everywhere they are, mm. right? Because we're, we're quite intentionally, we know through data, they are the right prospect for us. Mm -hmm. uh, data changes the game, right? The, the, the idea of, um, you know, kind of wild, wild west, slinging stuff up against the wall and hoping that you figure out that those days are over, right? We know exactly who the buyers are. We know exactly who the people are in the exact situation uh, based off of data that will make for a good opportunity for us to buy their house. 
And so without data, you're kind of, you're fine blind. If you're, if you don't, if you're not using data right now, I'd say you're, you're a fool in our business. This is, it's funny, man. I speak with all those like online internet money, quick thingies. This is like real business. I like this. This is, this is business from the movie business. I, I like it for sure. Yeah, Great deals, the- um, do should not do let's 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 you i respect your time what's uh do should you do not engage in say, say one more time deals you do not do do should do not engage in what's what are red flags in, in real estate well you know we operate from a high level of integrity so we don't do anything that uh we're i i have no interest well let me back up i'll say it a different way make it really simple we don't chase money hmm. right uh we attract money and so that's the difference. That's, that's a, a key pivot when you're in business, right? Uh, you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of online businesses, whether it's supplements or get rich quick or biz op type shit that, I mean, that's, that, that stuff's everywhere. Right. And that's just not the game that we're in. Those aren't real businesses to me, right? They're, they are chasing money. And uh, in my experience, right, I've had a lot of ups and I've had a lot of downs when you chase money and money will eventually run. And so uh, we are focused on, Instead of being a transactional business, we are focused on relationships, right? And it sounds kind of cliche to say, but it's just true. Yeah. We want to build really solid, good relationships with our buyers, and we want to provide a ton of value to them by bringing um, really good uh, properties to them that they that they can feel confident in. We want to bring yeah. value to our sellers by solving their problems uh, inside of our education and software. We want to make it really simple for entre- entrepreneurs to uh, connect dots. Not easy, because there's a big difference between easy and simple. There's nothing easy about business, right? Not, nothing easy about real business. Um, but we can make it simple. We can kind of show people a roadmap and say, you know, connect these dots and do it in a methodical way and do it consistently, and you will start to produce the outcome you're looking for. So um, the businesses that I look for and that I like to be a part of are businesses that kind of share those kind of common values, right? Anything that is... Uh, you know, quick hit, get a, you know, try to try to bang on somebody real quick to try to extract money from them. I've got no interest. Mm. Mm-hmm. Trends that are developing in this, like the whole real estate thing. What do you, besides. I think the, probably the single biggest trend is what I, one of the things I just shared a second ago is, is data, right? Data, two things. Data is becoming an integral part. Uh, data and technology kind of go, are becoming an integral part of this, right? We, when I started really um, in this business, there was none, right? And that's why we had to invent it. Um, there was no methodical way to find cash buyers in any market. There was no methodical way to find vacant properties in any market, right? None of that stuff existed. Now those things are very, very common. And, um, and I think that, that data and technology have, have made this easier than it's, than it's ever been and, and right. getting easier by the day. I mean, every time I turn around, there's a new app, there's new, some new piece of technology that's coming out. So I think that's a, that's a new phenomenon, a new trend that I think will continue that I'm excited about. Equally, I think a new phenomenon that's, that, again, that I mentioned earlier is all of the institutional buyers that are coming in. They represent a, a huge opportunity for uh, guys like me and guys, you know, guys and girls like us that they still need boots on the ground to bring them deals. It's that simple, right? They don't have, they can, they have, can have all the money in the world. They still can never get to every motivated seller out there. And as long as they can't do that, um, there's, a, there's room for guys like us to make a lot of money by bringing deals. Hmm. No, I like it. What's your, your view on this? 
I mean, you speak, you speak with confidence, everything. When I do, when I speak to leads, when it comes to money, like I'm, I'm cool doing this, I'm cool talking to girls. The moment I talk about money, I become a bitch. I don't know. I don't like rejection. I like the, I don't know, something doesn't work. What's the, what's your view on it? What, what, what do you think goes wrong with most people in that position? What's uh, because you don't under the, the a common thing is that you don't understand the value that you're bringing to the client enough that you're willing to um, not hesitate to ask. You know, you're asking for some. When you ask somebody for money, mm. um, you are you are asking them for money in exchange for value, mm. right? And so the best advice I can give you is something a mentor shared with me a long time ago, which is. Price is only an issue in the absence of value, mm. right? So once you understand completely, and I'm not talking about features, I'm talking about the benefit, right? The reason I speak so confidently about what I do and the reason I'm unapologetic for the price that I ask people to invest yeah. is that I know very confidently it will change their life. That in the right hands, if they will, with the consistency and with the training, that it will quite literally change their life. It will produce income for them and it will be the gift that keeps on giving. Because once they've learned the skill, they can't go backwards, right? Once a mind is expanded, it cannot contract. They will know how to do this just forever. And so I speak with such conviction about it because I understand what that represents. Yeah, you may invest $5,000 with me now, but it has the ability to produce $150,000 for you a year for the next you know, 30 years. So what's $5,000 now to go make, you know, $4 million? Who can, you know, what are we talking about? And so that's the reason why I speak the way I speak. I'm, I'm unapologetic because I know. And so for you, you know, I would tell you it's the same. Like you re really need to understand, and this goes for anybody, understand the value that you are truly bringing. And I'm not talking about features. Features are, you know, I could sit here and talk to you all day long about, well, you're going to get this course and you're going to get this software and it's going to have this data feed. And I mean, those are all features, right? But if you think about what I just said to you, I didn't talk to you one at all about features. I said benefit. Benefit was this thing has the ability to produce 150 grand or more for you forever. And it has the ability to put you in a place where you get to control your life, control your time, where your kids get to watch you do that. And then they get to become entrepreneurs because they watched mom and dad do that. That's benefit, right? And so when you get into that kind of conversation, then you, then you won't even, like you said earlier, become a bitch about price because you don't care. And the other thing when it comes to that is you need to understand that it's okay that you know, not everybody is suited for your product, right? Mm -hmm. When you become really convicted about it uh, and very, very, passionate about it, then your job, quite frankly, is to run as many people away from your product as you are attracting to it. Mm. Right? So think about it. Like when I'm out here talking about my product, I clearly know that there's a, a segment of people that will hear this, like, man, this guy's an asshole and I don't care. Right? I just don't care. Mm. Uh, what I do care about is that there's also a segment of people like, man, this guy's awesome and he's speaking my language and I know he can help me and I want to learn more and I want to get it. So, it's okay to be so passionate that you're running 50% of the people away. Those 50% of the people are never going to buy from you anyway. That's your job. You need to speak to the people that you can help. And that's that simple. I like it, man. It's, uh, 
it's interesting. <laughs> What's the next next couple of years, decades, whatever? Where do you see yourself going in the in the brand and everything? What's uh... You know, we will we will keep doing what we're doing, brother. I mean, I'm extremely passionate about helping entrepreneurs to uh, there are want to be entrepreneurs get get into a place where they can control their their future. And so, uh, I don't see myself. I mean, I'm sure that that our uh, the breadth of what we do will, will continue to expand. Our reach will continue to expand and, and our offerings will continue to expand. But at our core, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm designed to do. And that's what I'm here to do. And I'm mm-hmm. extremely passionate about it. So, um, I just think it's our, our job to wake people up and let them know what's really possible versus, you know, the, the conversation and the noise that's going on in between their ears. I like that. It's cool. Where, where can the people find you? I'm easy to find, man. Either on Facebook or on Instagram, it's just Kent Clothier, K-E-N-T-C-L-O-T-H-I-E-R. Or, um, you know, I respond to all the messages, all the DMs, all the comments, or you can just go to kentclothier.com. I like it, man. I'll, uh, I'll be sending you a lot of questions in the future. You got it, man. Let me know, let me know how I can help you. Appreciate you doing this, brother. Well, right, I'll stay in touch and we'll talk soon, man. You got it. Take care.